0: Hello and welcome to the Feminist Critique. I'm Aisling. And I'm Gracie. And it's a podcast where we talk about movies, put them to both the feminist and inclusive tests, and then we ask the most important question of them all. Is it good?
1: Now, we do want to apologize. Uh, Some of you definitely heard us hinting that we would be doing Coraline one week. Well, a technical issue happened and we lost the episode. So... We decided maybe it's a sign that we shouldn't do Coraline. Yeah, it wasn't a very good episode anyways. <laughs> it was
0: it was kind of boring. Like it, it's a good movie. Like I enjoyed the movie, but it's, it's definitely not about Pardon? It's
1: boring to talk about. Yeah. As much as I like No Game, the thing is is it's too perfect of a movie. You, we want movies that have flaws. Otherwise they're no fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Exactly. And this movie that we're doing today is one of Aisling's favorite movies. Well, it's not like my
0: favorite movie. Actually, I do have a secret to tell you. Um, so I've never actually seen all of this movie before,
1: like in one go. <laughs> what? You've never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show all the way through, and yet you are bitching at me before the podcast about how iconic it is and how you couldn't fucking deal with the fact that I don't care for it. I liked the time warp. How fucking dare you! How fucking dare you prostrate to me before we get started about how horrible a person I am to not care for this movie? And then you're like, I actually never saw it all the way through before today. What? What?
0: I just feel like the reason why you hate it is because you're secretly homophobic.
1: How fucking dare you how fucking dare you? Okay. So I'm in I, a fighting I, mood today. I love you. Hi. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Ashley had it. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's got jokes. <laughs> I'm no, so no, fucking tired. You have
0: no idea. Like I've only had. I went to bed at three. and I woke up at like seven thirty. So I'm only on like four and a half hours of sleep. And oh, I got, got a, those
1: giggles. You got those after exhaustion giggles going on.
0: Yeah, and then also like I'm kind of on the uh, my life sucks sort of thing because instead of getting a kiss last night, I got a fucking hug. Ugh, the worst. No, I mean it's like he's a nice guy. He hasn't texted me today. He's he's like an actual nice
1: guy, not the nice guy trademark. Yeah, he's
0: like a decent, actual, smart guy, but I don't think we have much in common. Like, he's really quiet, which, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, or he's like super shy and he gets quiet. And then I'm just like, ask me questions so I can talk more. (laughs) Like Jesus, (laughs) I'm all about myself. (laughs) I'm obsessed with myself, okay?
1: Um. Well, I will say that uh, this movie, I don't necessarily think it's anything that's cohesive, but there are parts of it that I like. I just do not like it as a whole. I think the soundtrack is pretty good. I like a lot of the songs. It's just, I don't particularly care for the movie. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it almost plays like one of those stupid jukebox musicals where they put like Rock of Ages, where they insert songs that don't necessarily fit.
0: Well the, the reason for this, right? Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh. Well, like the reason for this is it's a parody uh of like science fiction and horror B movies of like the nineteen thirties to the early seventies. So that's kind of why it had that sort of campy it's, weirdness to it.
1: It's like they looked at Ed Wood and said, This is where I wanna start. Mm-hmm something like
0: that i've never actually watched any of those super campy like
1: well edward is considered like the king of campy horrible movies yeah so like he's considered the worst director of all time that was his deal <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like they looked at those movies and then the monster movies and was like let's fucking do it and let's fuck this up Yeah, let's fuck this shit up. Alright, so, I'm going to give you some statistics. Bear with me, because I actually don't have them written down, so it's going to take me a little second. Um, This movie, I believe, had a Rotten Tomatoes score of 85%, and then, like, eighty, in the 80s for for, um, audience, I don't remember the exact number, I do know that it was a lot, it was very shocking to me. That it had such a high score on both. but That's because it's
0: a cult classic. I don't care. <laughs> Apparently.
1: Um, it has an official box office of about 140 million. And that's because it is still in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, um, like, I mean... there it... is There is one particular movie theater, I think, in Finland... That shows it every single night. Well, I mean, you know,
0: if it's popular enough, like it's in every major city, it's at least shown, uh, you know, once a week at least somewhere, right? And then yeah, um, and then you know, uh, in like smaller areas, it's shown at least once a year because you know it's one of those movies that uh, you know people like to go on a Friday night or whatever, and like it's a midnight movie. Yeah,
1: is this Interesting. Thing, like we talked about it when we talked about um, "Mommy Dearest." "Mommy Dearest" is also considered a midnight movie, where you go to the movie with props and have a good frolic and good time. Yeah. My first exposure to this movie was actually by watching "Perks of a Wallflower." "Perks of Being a Wallflower." It's a movie that has Ezra Miller in it and uh, Emma, Emma Emma Watson. Watson. Yeah. And. Uh, Ezra Miller's character was really into it. He was gay, and he really loved it. And they would go to midnight showings, and he would dress up as Frank. So well, well, that's that's the thing. For like,
0: um, for a lot of kids growing up in say the seventies, eighties, nineties, right? Like, there wasn't much exposure to uh, queer characters, and these were queer characters that weren't, like, I mean, they weren't. Like, like good Frank characters was villainized. Yeah, they, like they're all kind of villainized, but you know, most queer characters are, but it was still like something to be like, "Oh, these are my people. This is, you know, uh identifying with it." So that's why yeah. I think this movie has a lot of camp and has a lot of that cult following is because uh it was like no other in the 1970s. It's it's
1: it's definitely something. Yeah. I don't know what, but it's definitely something. Um so uh, it was written, and the songs were written by Richard O'Brien, who also wrote the screenplay with Jim Sharman. Richard O'Brien has done this, and a sequel, but not really a sequel, called Shock Treatment. Uh-huh. Which I was introduced to when I was watching this YouTube series called Musical Hell. Okay. And that movie has a lot of the same characters in it, but it's not necessarily a sequel. And then but it uh, is. And then there's
0: also the case that he, uh, Richard O'Brien also wrote uh the stage uh like the stage musical before. Yeah. This is based on a stage musical.
1: Yeah. Um I bet it would be a fucking killer live show. Oh
0: yeah. That well I've that, seen that, it I live. Not, I will not disagree <laughs> I've never with. seen the movie, but I've seen a live showing of it. Oh, you have? Yeah.
1: I bet it's a fucking fun
0: time live. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun live. Um, and then it was... Did you say
1: the director yet? Uh, yeah, the director was Jim Jim Sharman, who also worked on the screenplay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh cool. He also worked on Shock Treatment. Again, th- Richard O'Brien hasn't really done anything since then. He played a villain in Ever After. Oh. Yeah, he played... Uh, that left pew guy that wants drew barrymore's character that was him that was him oh okay yeah i know i was like oh shit because um, richard o'brien is also riffraff he he wrote it he oh. wrote the music and he starred in it huh yeah um i know uh it also stars tim curry who he- is an icon I don't know a person that doesn't love Tim Curry. We talked yeah. about him before in Home Alone, when we talked about Home Alone 2. My favorite Tim Curry movie is probably Clue.
0: Okay, which I've I never love seen. Clue.
1: We're probably going to do Clue next year for Halloween, Halloween month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it also has Susan Sarandon. She was in movies like Stepmom and Thelma and Louise. She plays Janet Wise. Uh, then there was also uh, Barry, Bost- Barry Bostwick, Bostwick. who has starred in a lot of campy shit, <laughs> like FDR American Badass, or oh. Megaforce, or Spy Hard. He was like, also
0: in uh, Spin City as uh, the mayor.
1: Yeah, there's there's this um, one that I wrote down before I lost it. And the name of the movie just made me laugh. Here it is. Helen Keller versus Night Wolves. What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? But
0: yeah, he's also been in a few other like weird movies over the years. Uh, He was in the Hannah Montana movie. He was in uh, Nancy Drew. Um, Most recently, he did voice acting for Incredibles 2.
1: He yeah, the mayor. so he's had a steady fucking career, just a weird career. I think he just does not shy away from that kind of shit. Um, takes a job, you have, know. Huh? He takes a job, you know. Yeah, he's he's like Nicolas Cage. He'll take whatever you throw at him, yeah. as long as it's a paycheck.
0: <laughs> or he's um, avoiding
1: his taxes. <laughs> Maybe, I, mean, I don't know. That's it. Patricia that's Quinn what... plays Magenta. Nell Campbell plays Columbia. I do believe that they were original um stage play cast. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Jonathan Edwards plays Dr. Scott. Peter Peter Henwood plays Rocky. This is the only movie that he ever did. Really? Really. The only movie. That's it. Oh no, he did two others. um i think he did a like documentary or something talking about it no no no, no. he did uh
0: like tamlin and then he also did sebastian or something and these oh. were like his last film role was the ni- 1976 so <laughs>
1: um and then we have meatloaf who plays eddie the ex-delivery boy yeah meatloaf meatloaf is another one of those people that has taken like any job i thought it was funny that he actually um saying i will do anything for love for that horrible movie sausage Fest, <laughs> where he was a meatloaf i was oh, like a little on no. the nose there
0: yeah he wasn't that's the thing meatloaf is like popped up in a lot of stuff like he doesn't
1: he in the spice world movie
0: yeah, but, like, who wasn't? Um, <laughs> but, no, that's that's another movie I really fucking want to do. Um, it's
1: on our bad movie month
0: list. Yay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, obviously he's well known for doing Bad Out of Hell, uh, the Bad Out of Hell trilogy, right? But um, also he's just, he's been in movies for, like, the last couple of years here and there. I just remember that he was in, like, this trucker one a while ago called like i want to say black dog or something i don't know but my dad was like that guy that's meatloaf and i was like okay dad cool (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, he wasn't. Okay. He was in this stupid movie, Black Doc. Oh my god, I can't believe I remember that shit. Had he's Patrick like, Swayze? He's like
1: he's like Bostwick, you know? He's just any anything you want to do. Hey, Meatloaf, you want to do it? Yeah, sure, man. Well, I'll like, do it. Yeah, he was like
0: a bad guy in that thing, and like Patrick Swayze was in it or something. Oh god, it's yeah, it's really dumb. But Patrick
1: Swayze had some had some real doozies as far as movies. Like yeah. he's got some great ones, but like he. He had some real shit ones too, like I think Roadhouse is probably one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen.
0: But yeah, he hasn't uh he hasn't done a movie since two thousand and fourteen and then he's done twenty seventeen he was in two shows, one of them being elementary. So
1: mm, well, yep. he's he's got enough money. <laughs> Bat out um, of
0: Hell really just gives you all that money. <laughs> yeah. Par-
1: uh I think Paradise it's, by I think the it's dashboard Lights. but um I, I watched the the live of this a couple of years ago. That was the first time I watched it all the way through, and I watched the live one with Laverne Cox playing Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah. And it Tim Curry actually was the psychologist for that one. So good on Tim Curry. He's still around, even though he's had a terrible stroke. Like, ugh. I love Tim Curry. Yeah. So let's talk about this movie. Um, now I'm going to start. It, I don't well, care how, how iconic those fucking lips are, they're
0: I, weird. Okay, I want to first say whose lips they are. Do you
1: know? Yeah. They are... Uh, Patricia Quinn. Patricia Quinn's yeah. Yeah. Because she, um, she wanted to actually sing the opening song, but it's uh, O'Brien that sings it, the guy that plays Riffraff. Oh, okay. And she's like, well, can I lip sync it? And they're like, yeah, sure. So... <laughs> She got the lip sync it, but not sing it. Yeah, I Which, didn't realize. that was supposed to be in our trivia section. Well, suck it, Bucket. Suck it, Bucket. Ashley and I are a little salty today. You're going to have to forgive us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm dying
1: inside. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't care how iconic they are. It's a weird opening.
0: Yeah, well, I liked it. It's a great song um, but then it goes into the criminologist or whatever the hell and he's narrating the tale of a newly engaged couple named Brad Majors and Janet Weiss who find themselves. Well first of all there's like the the bit where like um, they get engaged. At the church, yeah, which is yeah. a little weird that like they're first they get engaged in the graveyard
1: and then they go singing. Right. They're having a funeral As, in yeah. the church. They're setting up for a funeral in the church. What I did catch was that Tim Curry was the priest. I did not catch that. I did. Also, Riff Raff was the farmer with the pitchfork pitchfork in that iconic scene. And Magenta was the like old woman, you know, that that uh I don't know what the painting's called. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the, but, yeah. the farmer
0: and his wife.
1: Yeah. Um. So Brad starts, like, Janet catches the bouquet at the wedding. And as the newlywed couple are leaving, and on the car, by the way, it says, wait till tonight. She got hers. Now he'll get his. That was fucking gross. I know. I saw that, too. And I was like, <laughs> ew. Okay. <Ugh>. <laughs> ew. <laughs> Like, um, it made me, sh- like, shudder and gr- I was like, ugh. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, at first Brad seems almost reluctant to get married or to propose, and then he sings Damn It, Janet. Yeah. And, like, talks himself into proposing to her, and then they're, of course, in the church, and they're setting up for a funeral now that the wedding's over, and it's just like... I feel like this is a visual metaphor for their love is going to die. Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but... um,
1: Not in the way I thought, by the way.
0: Yeah, so then... um, And then it goes into, like, the narrator, the criminologist, right? And he's, you know, kind of explaining that they found themselves lost with a flat tire on a cold, rainy night, late November, um, somewhere near Denton, Texas um yeah so they're kind of just like you know driving along and they're listening to the radio and i'm pretty sure it's
1: richard nixon talking on the radio yeah it's his resignation speech oh okay (laughs) I, i was like well that definitely dates this movie yeah you know what night it was um but the tire gets blown out after they reach a dead end and they're like oh well what are we gonna do they're like, well, oh, we thing. saw this castle just off the road. Fucking castle in the middle
0: of nowhere. Yeah, let's go to the fucking castle.
1: Oh God, thank bless the Lord for the cell phones. Let me tell you what, because this is what you actually had to do back then if your tire, you know. Yeah, up. especially.
0: Oh, if, oh. Let's,
1: let's go to the last house we saw and hope they don't shoot us. Yeah,
0: pretty much. <laughs> um, so that's exactly what they do, and Janet decides to go along, right? Even though he tells her to wait in the car but like that's I how in the car yeah that's how you <laughs> see like shit like the mothman and you know <laughs> <his> salad fingers
1: <laughs> they reach this they reach this fucking castle and it's like turn back and, you know and then they start singing there's a light this is like the first time where it's like a really weird like why the fuck are they singing
0: I don't Where know are they
1: stopping in the pouring rain. And I'm why like, is all those need- people
0: on the motorcycles?
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. All I know is they stop and they start fucking singing about how there is a light. And I'm just saying, get up to the fucking door already. It almost seemed like a filler song.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's a musical. So, of course. Right.
1: Yeah um so they get inside or well they they knock or ring the doorbell and riffraff answers and Janet's like mm, fuck no let's let's go somewhere else you know and Brad's like oh sure let's go in <laughs> let's let's ignore how creepy the guy is at the front door let's go inside
0: <laughs> yeah so then they do go inside right and uh it's um the now they're looking for a telephone so they can you know get somebody to come out and repair their car right mm-hmm. um and uh as they like you know go in
1: um the people are a little they're a little weird right They're a little weird Yeah they're a little weird and, um like one of the things Brad says maybe it's a hunting lodge for rich weirdos Yeah Hunting lodges don't look like castles
0: No um so <laughs> that's when the song starts, the, like the iconic song of this movie, right?
1: Time warp. Yes, it's a bop. I'll admit, I fucking oh. love that song. Like oh, yeah. I said, I like the songs. Not a fan of the movie.
0: Your dogs parking in the background.
1: Yes, they are. They are indeed. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, i can't help it <laughs> no i know um yeah so then that song goes in there you know it's just a jump to the left and then a step to the right put your hands on your hips and pelvic <laughs> i don't know the rest whatever
1: pal- all i know rest. is it's a fun song to dance to yeah and at the end of it like Janet keeps fucking fainting, first of all. Like I know the whole point of Janet's character is to be like the overreacting heroine and like the point is for her to overreact and to mm-hmm. overact, but God damn it, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was starting to sing, damn it, Janet to her like, damn it, Janet. Stop yeah. So
0: thinking. like she she does keep fainting. Right. And I'm like, she's <laughs> missing out on the song. This is the best part. Um, oh. So as soon as you know, they're uh these people are having their like annual Transylvanian convention. And then as soon as that song starts, uh, the two of them are like uh well, Janet's like, come on, like let's go. It's time to go. I, I don't want to be here. And there, and Brad's like, well, I need to get to a phone, <laughs> right? <laughs> I need to get to a phone, Janet. Oh my god, like really? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Calm your tits. Um. So that is when she looks over, and uh, there is something in the elevator, and it is. Uh, Doctor, Tim
1: Curry. Yeah,
0: it is Tim Curry looking mighty fine. Um, Pause. Pause. God damn it. Damn it, Janet. I'm coming. So that's when the song starts, and then he, like, steps out. And, ah. oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. yeah. Tim
1: Curry does drag so well.
0: So fucking well. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, so this, uh, like, seeing this um, sequence. See, I've seen this sequence, and I've seen the time warp, uh, but not the rest of the movie. But, man, that is, like, definitely one of the moments where I was like, uh, and this is why I really like drag. <laughs> so.
1: Honestly, like, Tim Curry, I think, played the original Frankenfurter. so, like, he had this completely down to a T. Oh, yeah. Like and he was not afraid. I think that was the best part about it is how unafraid and unabashed he is he's like don't give a fuck
0: oh Um, yeah it's like gloria it's fucking perfect (laughs) yeah
1: and Um, it's and uh, then like after he finishes singing he starts flirting with brad and with janet he's like (laughs) he's pansexual he is. Tim Curry said that. Tim Curry said that uh, Dr. Frank was pansexual. Yeah, he'll so. he'll flirt with anything
0: with legs. And <laughs> and, a, uh, and uh, cookery. <laughs> <laughs> and cookery. Um, yeah, I made that joke twice. Suck it, bucket. Um where
1: did you pick up suck it bucket i don't know i honestly said that four times today and it's never left her mouth before (laughs) at least with me
0: (laughs) (laughs) no every time like i do say it to people sometimes where i'm just like suck it bug it it." (laughs) like so dumb um (laughs) Or maybe it's just, you know, when I'm in my room and I'm, like, thinking of comebacks and I'm just like, oh, God, I should have said that.
1: Um, (laughs) Sucks to suck. (laughs) That one's my favorite. But, yeah, so he's flirting with them and then, like, all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, wait, I forgot. First, um, he does his grand entrance and then he tells them, we'll come upstairs to see my creation. So, the people undress them down to their underclothes, Brad and Janet. Uh, and, yeah. and then they well, go upstairs and he starts flirting with both of them. Well, obviously
0: the reason was because they just came out of the rain and with their clothes wet, they were going to get colds, okay? Oh. So, like, they're
1: oh. they're doing this for their <laughs> own
0: being. There's nothing sexual about this movie.
1: No. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Frank takes them upstairs, flirts with both of them. He's like, You're such a masculine man, Brad. You're so masculine. <laughs> oh, so dominant. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? Oh, of course not. What about you, Janet? Do you have tattoos? <laughs> She does literally the entire exchange.
0: Because she probably does. She's a bad girl at heart.
1: She's a bad girl. She's she's the kind of, like, bad girl that, you know, like, I'm a bad girl.
0: (laughs) Oh, Chris, you said that so well.
1: Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Uh, Good girls are bad girls that haven't been caught. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm shooketh. Um, Okay, so you've never heard that song before
0: it's one of my favorites no I haven't um, okay so song. when he uh, then there's like the next part where you know there's another song and uh, and we see you know uh, Rocky get made yeah Rocky right uh, and funny enough I never clued in that it was named Rocky Horror Picture Show after Rocky because I'm an <laughs> idiot no.
1: But yeah, after he creates him, Frank goes like fishing for compliments. And he's like, what do you think of my creation? And they're like, he's magnificent. He's wonderful. And then that one girl's like, he looks okay.
0: (laughs) And he is not happy.
1: Excuse you? And then he goes over to Brad and Janet with poor Rocky. And he's like, what do you think of him? And Janet goes, well, I don't really like guys with big muscles. Well, he's not meant for you. <laughs> um, okay. Someone yeah. is a little, um, Testy. a little upset. <laughs> so this is
0: the part where, um, as the celebration kind of is going on, it's interrupted by Eddie, who is the ex-delivery boy, both, uh, Frank and, um, Columbia's ex-lover, um, as well as a partial brain donation to Rocky? But, anyways, he rides out of the deep freeze on a motorcycle, and um, Eddie then proceeds to seduce Columbia, uh, and oh, get
1: Columbia's all fucking for it. Oh see? yeah, she's, she's like, "Oh my god, Eddie!
0: Yeah, this is the best day of my life." Um, and, and then the,
1: the song's over, and Frank kills him with a pickaxe. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, this is like <laughs> very shocking. <laughs> And then everybody's over it. Well, that's because everybody's, like, enjoying the... Like, this is a, you know, an upbeat song. Everybody's enjoying the dance. And, like, uh, Frankenfurter is... He's jealous that everybody's enjoying this moment, right? How fucking
1: dare they? Yeah.
0: center of attention. Exactly. (laughs) So then after the mercy killing of Eddie... um, Him and Rocky depart to the bridal suite because they just got Uh, married. That's a little weird. What's weird? The whole like gay marriage thing. Gay marriage is that a little bit weird? No,
1: that's not. That's
0: interesting that you would say that, Gracie.
1: The fact that he was two minutes old and not physic, you know, not like mentally capable of giving consent. Okay. Are you saying?
0: That Frankenfurter is a pedophile?
1: I'm saying that he's a rapist.
0: Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm was, not,
1: like, it's fucking true because after he fucks Rocky, he goes up there to where Jan- Janet and Brad have been put in two separate rooms. And then, like, he comes in dressed as Brad and starts to have sex with Janet. And then Janet's like, oh, you're not really Brad. I would never have done this.
0: You know? And he's just like, you love it, you saucy minx. And uh, she's like, Uh. well, kind of. So,
1: (laughs) but, like, it's still kind of... You won't tell Brad, will you? Yeah. Of course not. And then they have sex. And then between this scene and when he goes to Brad and does the same thing, there's um that part where uh riff Raff taunts Rocky with waxing candles, which I think is kind of like an ode to like the actual Frankenstein monster. yeah.
0: so um yeah, I think that's something that um uh, Igor did to uh, mm. uh, to Frankenstein or.
1: It Frankenstein's might... monster, there's a difference.
0: <sighs> or Young Frankenstein. It was in Young Frankenstein. I don't fucking know. But yeah. I don't know either. Young but Frankenstein's yeah. <laughs> an awesome movie I'd like to do.
1: Frank, Frank goes to Brad and he does the same thing. And yeah. he pretends to be Janet. And Brad's like, I would never do anything like this. Oh my god, I was saving myself. And then Frank starts to give him head. I guess. And... <laughs> Brad's like, oh, well, might as well, <laughs> might as well just go with it. Um, <laughs> it feels good, but still, it's a little, it's a little weird on the consent meter. I'm not a fan. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, <laughs> I think Brad though
0: is bisexual.
1: Oh, for sure. I uh, like Brad and is very think, bisexual. I don't think that he and Janet were gonna last. He didn't seem that eager to actually marry her. He was having to convince himself. hmm Well. Janet goes through this whole thing where she's freaking out, and she's like, "Oh, I can't believe I've done this. Oh, oh, palm, oh, you know, back of the hand to the forehead. Oh, it's such a terrible tragedy. <laughs> and, and
0: that's the moment where she like, yeah, she discovers that um Brad is in bed with Frank. Yeah. and uh, and then that's when she discovers Rocky. Um, who is, like, in his birth tank kind of cowering and hiding from riffraffs? so who's been, you know, tormenting him, right? So she tends to his wounds, and then uh, she goes into the sings- song. Yeah, she goes into the song where she's like, touch me. Yeah,
1: that shit was dirty. Uh, and Magenta and Columbia Ooh. are watching from that shit was hilarious that was probably my favorite thing scene of this whole movie to be honest why because they're laughing and talking about how oh my god she'd never had sex before and you're seeing this woman come into her sexual awakening with rocky but at the same time i'm like god rocky's like four hours old what the fuck
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well this movie's weird so
1: um This isn't a movie. This is is like performance art. (laughs) So, yeah, after
0: discovering that his creation is missing, he returns to the lab with Brad and Riffraff, or Frank does, and then uh, he learns that there's an intruder who has entered the building, and it is Brad. Dr. Scott. Yes, it is Brad and Janet's old high school uh, science teacher, Dr. Everett Scott, who has come to look for his nephew, Eddie. Yep.
1: And then he gets magnetized into the lab, and they're having this big to-do, and then Janet makes a noise, and in the birth tank, there's Janet and Rocky, and it's like, Dr. Scott, Janet, Brad, Rocky. Janet! <laughs> like
0: five times. Yeah, like it, oh yeah, it's like a really long <laughs> sequence. <laughs> and um. then,
1: after that, we go to dinner.
0: Well, because, okay, first, uh, because you missed a few things. Um, So Frank suspects that Dr. Scott is uh, investigating UFOs for the government. And then uh, he learns that, like, both uh, Brad and Janet have a connection to Dr. Scott. And he suspects that they are working for him and that this wasn't just a chance meeting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then yeah that's when uh, Janet and Rocky are discovered in the tank together Um, and uh, that's when Magenta interrupts their reunion to uh, sound a massive gong stating that dinner is prepared
1: yeah and this is where Riff Raff comes in with the food and I realize now where that scary movie 2 scene comes from oh yeah, okay, so in Scary Movie 2, yeah, there's a scene where the weird guy with the small hand oh, yeah. goes in to fix their dinner, and it's fucking disgusting, and I realized that this is the scene of a movie that inspired that parody. Dude, why did you fucking tell me that I'm going to have Thanksgiving dinner? Oh yeah, you're Canadian. You're having Thanksgiving dinner today.
0: Yeah, it's October. I get it, huh? But we don't actually um celebrate the fucking pilgrims. We're celebrating like this other dude. The actual oh. so Canadian Thanksgiving is original Thanksgiving. So suck it, fuck it.
1: I don't um, give a shit. <laughs> well other people At might. least you're being thankful, you know. At least you have a Thanksgiving are you saying
0: other countries that don't have thanksgiving are uh savages no i think hey let's not
1: use that word by the way oh dear <laughs> Tisk tisk. oh god uh no it's okay i mean like that's just something that someone pointed out to me that i didn't think about before and i really? was like oh yeah that probably is harmful language like it's one of those things that I've had to, like, self-correct on. Well, I mean, there's the same- been a lot
0: of words that I've self-corrected. And you know what? You are right. It's one of those words I probably shouldn't be using. Actually, I shouldn't be using.
1: Um, it's like... It's just like a word for Romani people. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to use that word anymore. Or, uh, um,
0: <laughs> like, fags for uh, for gay people. Like, we don't, we don't use that word. Um the way that we used to like 10 years ago where everybody was like saying it just out of the blue. Right. And then, yeah,
1: it's okay of people of that identity to do it or people of that like ethnicity. That's fine. They can call themselves that in the same way. I think women are allowed to call each other sluts or there's way. also it's reclamation. And <laughs> then recently the one that I have, uh, that I stopped at,
0: probably about four years ago was the R word.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was
0: like one that I just I never thought I was like oh that's you know the word and then it wasn't until like I read somewhere and I was like oh I use that word like quite often I need to stop and I did I don't use that word anymore so whenever somebody's like well I can't just stop using a word I've always used yes you fucking can and you can use somebody's yeah and you can also use somebody's fucking and you can also use somebody's fucking pronouns too Okay, self-correct.
1: Yeah, fuck you, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, (laughs) Canadian piece of shit. Oh, God, he's the worst. It's Um, so,
0: no, no, I have to say this. It's so weird because he's actually from this area, like a like the Peace River area. He's in a he's a yeah he is from Fairview, Alberta. And the weirdest thing about this is that um, so he grew up in the same city as Rachel Notley, who is uh, our current um, premier of uh, Alberta. And uh, her mother was the local librarian, and she was the one who introduced him to. Um, like uh i want to say marxism and like uh like uh communism Communism? yeah communism and socialism and stuff and he was like a socialist and stuff for in high school and then he changed his ways and was like well fuck this i'm gonna go the other way i guess
1: and now he's an ultra right-wing conservative yeah who hampers on about free, free speech and gets spots on Bill Maher and Joe Rogan. Yeah. Ugh. I wonder if he'll do our podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't want him to do our podcast, even if even if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they the the food comes in and they sing happy birthday and they eat some carved up ham, but the ham isn't real ham. It's part of Eddie. Yeah, Um, which I didn't realize because I thought it looked more like turkey. So I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I think honestly it was like a chicken or a turkey and then it was a ham in the second go around. So I guess it's just an editing issue. But then they were like, yeah, it's Eddie. Oh, so everybody stops eating except for Rocky. Because
0: he doesn't know that cannibalism is wrong. (laughs) He's only like five hours old at this point.
1: And then Dr. Scott sings a song about how Eddie is apparently a shitty person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay. Um, So, yeah, after dinner's kind of uh, done, they... um... Frank pulls
1: back the tablecloth and reveals the coffin underneath, and it's Eddie's corpse. (laughs)
0: Yep, and then uh, so like that's when Janet like uh s- like runs and screams uh, into Rocky's arms, and then like that provokes uh, Frank, who chases her through the halls. Um, you as- better wise
1: up, Janet Wise.
0: Yeah, and that's like when. Um, they're all, like, running around or something, and then they all meet up in Frank's lab where he captures them with, like, this transducer thing and transforms them into nude statues. Uh, Yeah. And then he proceeds to dress them up in, like, cabaret costumes, kind of like his. And then as they're on the stage, he unfreezes them, and then they perform, like, a live cabaret floor act. And then there's, like a radio tower and a swimming pool and, like, everybody's making out in the swimming pool and their makeup's just running all over the place and, and it's...
1: And he's in a swimming raft that says Titanic on it. Yeah. it's, um... it's like, an orgy and yeah. then, like, the guy that was in the wheelchair, Dr. Scott, suddenly can move his legs and he's wearing heels and, and then Riff Raff and Magenta come in with a laser beam. Yeah. And... Uh, They want to go back to Transylvania, the planet Transylvania. No, the planet
0: transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. Get it right, girl. Yeah, so um, they reveal themselves to be aliens, right? And then they stage a coup and announce that uh, they have a plan to return to their planet. And then that's when... Uh, Frank is like he he sings and he's like oh I'm returning home I'm returning home Uh, and then they kill both Columbia and Frank uh, who has failed his mission Uh, and this enrages Rocky who gathers Frank into his arms and then uh, climbs to the top of the tower and then plunges to his death into the pool below he gets like shot with the laser thing and uh then riffraff huh?
1: they all die
0: well, yeah, and then Riff Raff and Magenta release Brad, Janet, and Doctor Scott, uh, and then they're like, "Okay, well, we're just gonna like, you know, have the castle go back to the, to our planet." So, um, the like the three of them are kind of like running out, or like they're pushing the the wheelchair, right? And uh, the castle like you know lifts off into the into space, and then the survivors are all just kind of. They're crawling in the dirt. And uh, yeah, that's like when the narrator kind of concludes that uh, the human race is equivalent to insects crawling on the planet's surface, lost in time and lost in space and meaning. And that's how it ends. Sorry, that was like a super, like a lot of stuff happens. That's like probably, what, 10 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah, like... the thing
1: is, it's, like, a lot of these songs are just filler. And, like, one of the trivia things was that the original production before the songs were put in was only 40 minutes long. Wow. So, like, there's really no plot. Yeah. And there isn't. It really plays like a, rea- a variety show. Because the songs aren't really... Have anything to, most of the time, have anything to really do with the scene that's going on around them, except for like three. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a weird movie. Now, here's some interesting trivia Steve Martin actually auditioned for the role of Brad. Really? Really? I think he would have done a better job as an evil person, because he plays the dentist in the Little Shop of Horrors, and he's amazing. Yeah, which we I actually debated with Ashley, and after we decided not to do Coraline, I was like, we should do little little shop of horrors, and we decided we'll do that next year.
0: Yeah, um, we have like a backlog of just like we should do this movie at some point. We probably won't, but maybe we will. I don't know.
1: I, I do think this is our first live musical, live action musical yeah. that we've done on this show. That's true, and. That's um, well, we're gonna have a whole month in January. Of technically, live pitch, pitch Perfect's a musical. No, it's not. It has music. A, a, a musical denotes that the songs go with the story. Oh. And in this one, they at least kind of do. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, so the creators actually asked Susan Sarandon to appear nude for the "Touch, Touch Me" song, but she refused. Good on her. She's also, like, one of the only people that you see in the lingerie. You do not see her nipples. The only time you see anything nude is the statue. Mm-hmm. So. It's weird. Um, uh, filming took place from October through December in Bray near Windsor, England. Barry Bostwick claims he was always wet during filming, because the castle used during filming was leaking. There was one warm room that was filled with space heaters that cast members took turns warming up in until the room caught on fire. Yay.
0: <laughs> um, Yeah, and then also uh, Susan Saranda, and this was the first time she ever performed in a musical, and because of the scenes where they were out in the rain, she actually caught pneumonia, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and, like, she was super sick, but she doesn't regret the the experience.
1: No, um, I, I bet it was fun besides the cold. I bet it was fun. Yeah.
0: Well, it <laughs> looks um, like it would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So this is a midnight movie, so it has a lot of midnight showings. Uh, so at midnight showings, you dress up, you bring props. Uh, there's no hard and fast rule, but these are usually the common props that are brought. You've got rice to be thrown at Ralph and Betty's wedding. Okay. Water pistols during the rain scene. Newspapers for front and middle rows to shield themselves from the rain coming from the water pistols. (laughs) Flashlights or cigarette lighters for there's a light. Uh, rubber gloves during and after the creation speech. Frank snaps his gloves three times. Noisemakers for the applause. Toilet paper, preferably Scott brand for when Brad yells, Great Scott, that's when you throw a roll. Okay. Confetti for at the end of the Charles Atlas reprise. The Transylvanians throw Confetti. Toast, for when Frank proposes a toast. A party hat, for when Frank puts the hat on Rocky to wish him a happy birthday. Bell, for when we made it, did you hear a bell ring. Cards, for cards for sorrow, cards for pain. Um, now, there are, uh, depending on location, there are different ways of doing it. For example, in the There's a Light prop, was almost always lighters until the original 1970 shows. During the original 1970 shows, but open flames are now banned in most movie theaters. Uh, so now they use flashlights. And another example is that some fans insisted the toast should be buttered. However, many theaters frown on this due to the mess and the possibility of someone slipping.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've got a few things, too. Now, we did say that um, the guy who played Rocky quit uh, afterwards, like, very soon after this movie. Um, But today, he's an antiques dealer in London. And in uh, 1994, he auctioned off the sparkly gold hot pants that he wore in the role. And they went for nearly $1,000 at the time. Also, Patricia Quinn became a lady. Oh, yeah! fancy that. Um, Yeah, it's because she uh, married uh, actor Sir Richard Stevens, um, so she became a lady, but he died shortly after their marriage, which is kind of sad. Um, Well, thanks
1: for the downer. Um, I'll give you something fun. Pierre LaRoche, who was the former personal stylist for David Bowie, created the film's makeup styles. Ooh. I see it. Yeah, I can definitely see it, too. early, Early David Bowie? Yeah. Again, very sorry for the dogs in the background.
0: Yeah, they're like super.
1: Uh, they're they're super they're chatty today. today. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? It sounds like my dog's on a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep going. I know. Oh, God. So.
0: Oh, I have one more bit. Uh, so, <laughs> Tim Curry has a story where he is unsuccessfully tried to attend a midnight screening of Rocky Horror. Um, and apparently what happened was when he called in, the ticket agent was like, you're the third term- Tim Curley to call this week. <laughs> then he went in person to try to get a ticket. And then he was thrown out for being an imposter. Uh, and then when he produced his passport, the usher apologized. And he ultimately told her, I wouldn't dream of going back in.
1: Oh. um, Another thing is uh, in an interview with Terry Gross on the radio program Fresh Air, Tim Curry said he got to meet Prince. Hold on. Shut up! Wow. Can you exit back to. Can you go back to in an interview? I I got the. Oh, no, honey. I'm not editing that out. (laughs) Oh, joy. Um, Okay. Well, in an interview with Terry Gross on her radio program, Fresh Air, Tim Curry said that he got to meet Prince Charles and Princess Diana because she loved Tim Curry in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And she requested... (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. God. Okay, so she requested... She requested the meeting while he was in a production of Love for Love that they were attending. Curry recalled that he was placed at the end of the receiving line, and while Prince Charles only vaguely recognized Curry from seeing him on television, Princess Diana told Curry with a wicked smile that Rocky Horror had quite completed her education. Oh my! Oh um, dear. Okay, so which, considering she was like a verified virgin before she married Prince Charles, I can only imagine what kind of movies she was watching to try and get an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then she watches this
0: one. Um. So, in 2005, Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, was added to the Library of Congress's National Film Registry along with The Sting. Uh, Toy Story, A Raisin in the Sun, and that's, uh, and it was also, um, I'm just trying to read, so yeah, and it's considered pretty remarkable, apparently I can't talk, maybe I'll edit that out, yeah, so (laughs) this is a mess, Um,
1: (laughs) like my life, it's a mess of a a movie, so it might as well be a mess of a real life situation. It just shows that we're independent. And you know what? I can't afford to keep (laughs) I'm sorry. I keep Um, laughing because my dog is doing that weird. But like like there's a lot of
0: movies that are obviously not in the Library of uh, Congress's National Film Registry. Like Sophie's Choice isn't there. And neither is Cole Miner's Daughter. Well, and there's like a ton of other movies that aren't in there. But this movie is uh, considered cultural, historically and aesthetically significant.
1: mm. There's one more thing I wanted to mention. So if you would notice on the green surgical gown that Dr. Frankenfurter wears, there's a pink triangle over his heart. Now, if you know anything about history, pink triangles pointing downward are often are were what were used to identify homosexual people in Nazi concentration camps. So this pink triangle is pointing upward and is used as a symbol for gay pride. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I thought that was interesting too. And this movie has a lot of queer representation, so
0: well, oh, yeah, it definitely does. Like, this movie is super, super gay. Super
1: gay. Now, uh, do you have any more trivia? No, that's all. That's all I got okay. for now. All right, cool. I have a couple more things, but uh, uh, Let's get through the tests. Okay, so we have our Bechdel test. Two named female characters on screen alone talking about something other than a man. This happens... When uh, the two girls are watching um, Janet have sex with Rocky, because oh. they're talking, they're talking about how she's never had sex before. Oh so yeah, racial Bechdel test: Are there two people of color on screen talking about something other than a white person? There's no people of color in this movie. Well, there there
0: is with like the Transylvanians, but, but they don't no talk and they don't have characters.
1: Game. Yeah. No named characters. Exactly. Uh, then we have the Mako test. Are there female characters in this movie who have a character arc that's not based on pushing a male character arc forward? I don't think so. No. I mean,
0: Janet's uh, whole arc is basically... Become a sex kitten. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, isn't um, that most
0: girls' fantasies? Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have the Duvernay test which is a person of color who uh, a person of color color's character who has a character arc that's not about pushing a white narrative forward there's no named person of color in this movie so that's a fail mm-hmm. and then we have sexy lamp can you replace any of the named female characters with sexy lamp and it not take away from the plot I think you could probably replace every single woman that has a name, and it wouldn't really take away from the plot. Well, except Janet. Yeah, Janet's the only one. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Because Riff Raff
1: could do this stuff on his own; he doesn't need, you know, Magenta. It's true. So that's it's a fail. And then we have the Vito Russo test, which is LGBTQA representation in a film where the person's identity is not their only character uh, trait, and they matter to the plot. Well, Frank Inferder is not just pansexual. He's also a villain, and he's very vital to the plot. And a scientist, and... Uh... Few other Granted, things. he's alien. He's a villain.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a, like a villain scientist alien dude.
1: But he matters to the plot, so it's a pass. Woo! That's Granted, like one of the
0: first ones in a while.
1: Uh, I think it's the first one since Gay Pride Month. Gay Pride Month. <laughs> yeah, that just shows you how shitty representation is for LGBTQA. Yeah. Um, so all in all. We got a we got a two out of six, a two out of five.
0: So. Um, but you know, is this movie good?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't fault people for liking it. I don't like the movie. I like the songs, and y- only a couple of them.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the movie. I like. I mean, I like the songs, but I I kind of feel like you could stop watching at like a pretty much after uh the entrance of frankenfurter like that's all i want to see like the entrance <laughs> and like the rest of it i i could do without i'm like eh, okay
1: like, yeah cool. um and is this movie feminist oh no uh, not one bit <laughs> oh, No, no this um the the portrayal uh, is it even intersectional i would say no because the portrayal of the lgbtqa characters are bad and evil and like uh, the only thing that i could say for this movie that is good is that it's very sex positive oh and
0: then they all die at the end anyways
1: yeah but it's very sex positive yeah i'll say that much (laughs)
0: which was i feel something super rare during that time period yeah
1: i will give them that like this was the beginning of the 70s where like you were seeing more outrageous things in cinema Mm -hmm. so like this is this is definitely like good for what it did as far as lgbt representation but like i said it could have been way better than that um so yeah that's that's it yeah, and next week we're going to be doing deep hocus throat hocus. <laughs> what? Nothing. What did you say? <laughs> I said deep throat. <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs> well, we're going into that sex positive uh, way, right? <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I. I wouldn't um talk about like that movie, like the actual case of Linda, Linda. Oh like, yeah, it's, it's actually fucking it's tragic. fucking
0: tragic.
1: Um but anyway, next week we'll be closing up uh Halloween month with Hocus Pocus. Which is gonna be fun. We're gonna end on a high note. Um I do wanna address one thing. While we're recording this, um it is October sixth. Yeah. And Today, we found out um, in the United States Brett Kavanaugh's fate. and he was elected to the Supreme Court by a vote of fifty forty eight. And it's not it's not a good day. And I just kind of wanted to address that. like it's it's just it's not a good day. And a lot of people are blaming Susan Collins because of her uh, interesting speech about how, She's sure something happened to Christina Ford, and Me Too matters, but, uh, you know, she's still going to vote yes. And while she is to blame, in part, so are every other senator that voted yes, as well as Democrat Joe Manchin, who, cowardly about his chances of losing in a red state, his reelection, he decided to vote with them. So... If he'd have voted with the Democrats, then it would have been 49-49, and Pence would have been the deciding vote.
0: Which he would have picked.
1: Exactly. But deep. at least then, no Democrat would have sold out. But, um, it's, it's just a rough day. So, I was glad we were able to talk about something that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, links. Our links are facebook.com slash podcast And then I'm on Twitter at South of Grace. And there's other stuff. Oh, we have a Patreon, the Feminist Critique. Um, once we start getting uh, donations, you can donate a dollar a month. Once we start getting donations, we'll be putting bonus content up. Maybe doing, like, this week in feminism kind of bits and stuff. And Either eventually- that or...
0: Um- I, like, obviously, we're going to have to wait until December to do anything like that. And that's only because my life is a fucking nightmare. Um, so,
1: <laughs> Yeah, Ashley's in a period of transition. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. I have so much fucking like today I went through all of my makeup. I know this is a stupid fucking boring story, but I don't care. But I like went through all of my makeup because I just have so much and I'm like, well, I don't need all of this stuff. So I'm going to like donate the stuff that I never even opened, which is uh, a lot just in general. I have like so much stuff that I'm going to be donating. And then also, uh, I've just got like all this old makeup that I'm like, what do I do with it? Like throw it out? Like it's really expensive shit, but like I'm not using it, so.
1: Huh? Send it to me. I have no makeup.
0: Uh, I'm kidding. I'm you, kidding. It wouldn't be worth the shipping. No,
1: it's it's a lot. <laughs> um, so Ashley, what are your links?
0: Oh yeah, um, we're on Tumblr as uh, the Feminist Critique Podcast. Sorry, I'm like super fucking tired now. I'm like beyond the giggles. <laughs> um, I'm also, we're also on uh, Twitter as Feminist Critique, without that E at the end, and I am on both Twitter and Instagram as Aislenes, A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S. Mostly I just put and pictures no of my cat. And no at
1: Kix FM, by the time you're probably listening to this, or you about to leave Kix FM?
0: Yeah, like, I leave the October uh, 18th is my last day, and then yeah, I'm going so. to Real Country uh, 97.7 in, uh, St. Paul, uh, Alberta, which is a morning show. So I'm going to just be tired all the time,
1: but, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, again, very sorry for the dogs.
0: Oh my God. Your dogs are insane
1: today. <laughs> very sorry for the dogs. Um, we won't have this problem next time. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. It's just been hell at my house, like, my alternator went out in my car and shit, and so things have just been hell today, and it's just like, we have to get this episode recorded, damn it, one way or the other. And it was all fine and good until the tow truck showed up. That's why they were barking. Um, So, yeah, that's that. We will see you guys next week for Hocus Pocus, and then... After Hocus Pocus, we will be getting into our Christian movie month, which, which Gracie is excited. Yeah, for.
0: she's super fucking excited. Uh, but yeah, until then, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Bye. Bye.